Bethany, let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Now let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the wonderful privilege we have as believers to come together and uh, worship you, Father God. We thank you for this glorious privilege. We thank you, Father, for our Savior. We thank you for his sacrifice upon Calvary for us. We thank you for your word, and we thank you, Father, that we can study it together. And we pray that, Lord, today as we open up the pages of your word, that once again you would meet with us through your word. That, Lord God, you challenge us by its truth. Lord, you'd help us to understand its uh, teachings. We pray that, Father God, you would apply it to our hearts and lives. Uh, Bless now, we pray, as we study your word. Give me wisdom, I pray, from on high. And may you get all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. A pastor once said to his church, there is nothing more prevalent in the age in which we live than the increasing problem of anxiety. It isn't for nothing that the ulcer has become the badge of modern life. There is no doubt that you and I must all admit today that worry and anxiety are a common problem in society. We all are anxious from time to time. There always is in all of our lives. We can identify times where we have been worried about something. We've been anxious about something. Indeed, for some, worrying is their favorite pastime. Worry is so powerful that it can wreak havoc on our physical health, our mental health, and our spiritual well-being. Think about the stress-related illnesses that we see today, heart attacks, high blood pressure, ulcers, insomnia, headaches, strokes, immune system malfunctions, and even um, suicide. You know, worry is the great plague of the modern life for both unbelievers and believers alike. Now it's true that worry may become, may be common to all, but you and I need to realize that worry is also a sin. But it's been said, worry ultimately comes from trying to wrestle something from God that doesn't belong to us. God wants all of us as his children to experience real joy and real peace. He doesn't want you and I to worry. He doesn't want us to be anxious. That's what he says in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. He doesn't want you and I to be warriors. He wants you and I to experience real joy and real peace. And the joy of inner peace will only come to you and I as God gives it to us. It doesn't come automatically. But it is possible if we'll follow God's path to peace. And that path to peace is laid out for us in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7. Warren Wearsby said this, Worry is an inside job and it takes more than good intentions to get the victory. The antidote to worry is the surrendered and secure mind. When our minds are surrendered, when our hearts are surrendered, when our minds are secure, you and I will find that we have peace. And we secure our minds when we start trusting God instead of worrying. And when we trust God, His promise, He promises you and I to keep our hearts in peace. 
We saw last week the prerequisites for peace in verse 6, which are, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Now today we're going to look at the provision of peace in verse 7, because God has promised to provide peace to all those who trust him. First of all, look at the description of peace. It says here in verse 7, And the peace of God, which path all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. First is described as the peace of God. There in verse 7, And the peace of God. Now it's interesting to note that it doesn't say we will have peace with God. Nor does it say we have peace from God. It says very specifically that you and I will have peace of God. God's peace will be present in our hearts as you and I follow the prerequisites for peace that we don't worry, but instead we pray about everything. You see, this peace is a gift of God, given to those who trust him. This is not something you and I have to work hard for, strive for, uh, worry about that we haven't got it. This is something that God gives to those who trust him. When we have a surrendered heart and a secure mind, by you and I praying about everything, God promises to give to you and I peace. This peace is given to those believers who will indeed do what verse 6 says. See, verses 6 and 7 go hand in hand. What is said in verse 6 is followed by verse 7 with that word and. Here is the result. When you and I are anxious for nothing, when we are careful for nothing, when we don't worry but we pray about everything, the subsequent result of that is the peace of God. We trust Christ. When you and I got saved, you and I possessed positional peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans 5, 1. At the moment of salvation, you and I received peace. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I positionally have peace with God at salvation. The moment you and I trust Jesus Christ as Savior, the enmity that existed between us and God is gone. We have peace with God. The war is over. And now what we have positionally in Christ at salvation, you and I need to have practically every day in our lives. We need a practical application of that peace in our lives day by day. For it's only God's peace that will displace worry and anxiety. Henriksen in his commentary said this, Peace is the smile of God reflected in the soul of the believer. I like that. Peace is the smile of God reflected in the soul of the believer. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 gives us the Old Testament equivalent to this. We saw it last week. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. When you and I trust in the Lord, when you and I are seeking his face in every situation, God promises to keep our hearts in perfect peace. Guzik in his commentary said, Peace springs from a sense of the Lord's nearness and the practice of a face-to-face -face praying in which everything is laid out and open before him. This is God's peace. 
And Philippians 4, 7, 4, 7 describes for us is the peace that's given to those who trust him. Secondly, it's described as surpassing all knowledge. Notice what he says. And the peace of God which passeth all, passeth all understanding. It surpasseth all knowledge. Surpasseth all understanding. That is, it goes beyond all the mind. Beyond our power of thinking. This peace that God is offering to everyone who will simply trust him to everyone who will pray about everything, this peace that God promised to us is a peace that is beyond our comprehension, beyond our power of thinking. It transcends all of our understanding. What it's saying here is that this peace that God will give to you and I as believers is totally foreign to the experience of the unsaved man. And even... When a believer rests in God's peace, you and I find that we cannot verbalize what's happening to us. We can't explain the peace that God gives to us. It surpasses our understanding. You know, I'm sure that every one of us believers can talk about times whereby God's given us a peace that we can't explain. I can think of times in my life whereby God has given me to a peace which give me a peace which I just cannot explain how it feels, how it is, what God has done. That's the peace here. I remember when my dad passed away. And uh, we went up to the funeral parlor to, to see the the the, uh, the viewing of the body. I remember being there and a, an amazing sense of peace came over uh, me. Uh, at that time, indeed, I, I remember talking to the rest of the family, it was the same thing. We had this amazing sense of peace that, that that body was not my dad, that he was not there. And we had other friends there with us, some other pastors there with us in, in, the, in the room at the time. And I remember we got talking about uh, some stories about dad, and we started to, to be able to smile and laugh a little bit about some of the stories we told about him. And it was an amazing sense of peace that God gave to us. At a terrible time, a time of deep sorrow, a time of deep hurt, and a time of, of grief in our hearts, but God gave a peace that is beyond comprehension. It's not within our understanding. And that's the peace that God wants to give to believers. Instead of worrying, instead of having anxiety, if you and I will pray about everything, God promises to give to us His peace, a peace that you and I will not be able to explain. Christ talked about this kind of peace back in John chapter 14, please. John 14, 27, he said that he gives to us a peace that the world does not give. John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He gives a different kind of peace to us than the world gives us, so that... Our hearts are not to be troubled, nor are we to be afraid. Chuck Mueller contended that God's peace excels and surpasses all our own intellectual calculations and considerations, all our contemplations and premeditated ideas of how to get rid of our cares. God's peace excels, surpasses all of our own thinking, all the all the plans that you and I have to get peace, all the ways we think we will solve the problem, 
God's peace surpasses all of that. The giving of this divine peace is just another proof that God always does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, as we're told in Ephesians 3.20. So you and I know that God possesses all power. We believe in the all-powerful God. We believe that God is omnipotent. And we believe that God is more than able to meet our needs. And if I was to ask every one of us today to state that, we'd all agree that that's exactly true. We all know exactly who God is. He is the omnipotent God, and that God is able, more than able, to meet our needs. In fact, we would love to quote that verse, don't we, in Philippians, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. We believe them to be facts. But how often don't we trust him in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of worry, in the midst of troubles, what we seek to do is we seek to find a way to solve the problem. We increase our anxiety, we increase our worry, because we're trying to solve the problem ourselves when God says, if you want to have peace, trust me. And when you trust me, God often works in ways that exceed our understanding. He'll give us a peace that we just cannot explain. God likes to show himself mighty. He likes to meet our needs in such a way that there is no doubt in anyone's mind, no doubt in our mind, that God is the one who has done what he has done. He's the one who has moved. He's the one that's answered the prayers. He's the one that's given us that freedom from anxiety and worry. And there is no doubt that we live in a world whereby anxiety and worry is all around us. You know, there's many things we can worry about. There's many things we can be anxious over. And there is no doubt about that. There are small things we can worry about, but there's big things. But the promise of God's word is, he says, don't worry about things. Simply pray about everything. Doesn't no matter how small it is or how big it is, pray about it. And I promise you, if you trust me, I will give you peace. And that peace will be such that you don't even understand it. You can't explain it. You'll know it's from me. Because I'll give you a peace in your heart and mind that surpasses understanding. Somebody said, in its power to relieve anxiety, the peace of God surpasses all our futile attempts to reason our cares away. In its power to relieve anxiety, the peace of God surpasses all futile attempts to reason our cares away. Now the truth is that God's peace produces better results than human anxiety and human scheming. It's superior, more effective in removing the feelings that you and I have of worry. It's far more effective in removing anxiety than man's mind could ever achieve. This is a precious promise that God's peace surpasses knowledge. It means a peace that is so precious that man's mind with all of his skill and with all of his knowledge can never produce it. 
Somebody said, peace can never be a man's contriving. It's only God's giving. This is not something you and I can work out. It's not something you and I can achieve in our own efforts. God's word makes it clear that you and I will have peace when you and I learn to trust him in all things. Paul says here that if you're going to have real peace, then we need to stop worrying about everything and start praying about everything. Stop worrying and start trusting And when we do, God will keep our hearts in peace. He'll give to us a peace that passeth all understanding. That's the description of peace. It's God's peace that's beyond our understanding. Now, let's secondly, look at the defense of peace in verse 7. He goes on in verse 7, he says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible explains that when we trust God, his peace will defend or guard our hearts and minds. Notice what it says. God's peace will keep the believer. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passed all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It'll keep us. Now this word keep is this word defend or guard. The result of God giving to us his peace is that it keeps our hearts and minds. The word keep means to see before, to look out. It's the imagery of a guard looking out. It's the imagery of, of a, somebody defending a city on watch, keeping an eye out for trouble. It's a military term. And it's used of a garrison of soldiers or sentries on duty. And God says, if you and I will trust him in everything, then he will give to us a peace that we can't explain, a peace that will guard our hearts, will be on defense, will be there as a sentinel watching for the invading army of worry and anxiety. God will protect us from it. Now, the city of Philippi was guarded by a Roman garrison. So Paul's metaphor here, in using it to speak of the heart, would have meant an awful lot to the readers at Philippi. They would have understood it clearly. Paul indeed used the same word to describe the governor of Damascus who kept the city with a garrison to apprehend the apostle. Look in uh, 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. St. Corinthians 11 and verse 32. So Damascus, the governor under Artius, the king, kept the city of the Damascians with a garrison, same word, desirous to apprehend me. With a garrison, this word keep of Philippians. The same verb is used of the, of the Christians in 1 Peter 1.5 where it says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. It's the same word. And in like manner, the peace of God stands guard over our hearts and our minds, and it defends it from worry, defends it from anxiety. Isn't that a wonderful truth? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I read these verses, I got really excited about them. Here is God's solution. Here is God's plan 
or in modern parlance, is God's roadmap for peace. Simply don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. And if you will commit everything small and great to the Lord in prayer, I will give to you my peace, a peace that surpasses all knowledge. And that peace will guard your heart. It will be a sentinel. It will protect your heart from anxiety and worry. Well, that is a wonderful truth and a wonderful promise. Philippians 4, 7 could read, And the peace of God shall keep or garrison and guard like a soldier your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, when we have a secure mind, when you and I have a surrendered heart and a secure mind, when you and I are trusting the Lord, the peace of God guards us. And if you drop down to verse 9, the peace of God also guides us. It says in verse 9, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. God will guide us. Somebody said the peace of God is the garrison of the soul in all the experiences of its life, defending it from the external assaults of temptation or anxiety, and discipline all lawless desires and imaginations within that war against its higher purposes. Now this doesn't mean that you and I are not going to go through trials. This passage is not promising you and I that we will not go through trials and tribulations we know we will because that's told to us over and over again in the Word of God, not the least in the book of First Peter. You and I will go through trials. You and I will face tribulations. You and I will face difficult times in our lives. But it does mean that in the midst of those storms of life, in the midst of those tribulations, in the midst of those trials, a quiet confidence will exist within so that regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the people who are causing us grief, regardless of the things that worry us, there will be a peace, a tranquility in our hearts. As I said last week, it would be like the Lord asleep in the boat while the disciples are in the midst of a storm, worried about it, and they cry out, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He was asleep because he was not worried. When you and I cast all of our care upon him because he cares for us, he will create a calm within our soul so that in the midst of the storm we can sleep in the boat knowing he's in control. Guzik said again, as we seek God in prayer, he provides peace that fortifies our minds, building an impenetrable wall that the enemy cannot break through. He guards us. He puts up a protective wall over our hearts and minds so that the enemy cannot attack us. When you and I place our confidence in the Lord, when we trust him in everything, he gives us peace. And if we win the battle, over worry. If we're to win the battle over anxiety, we need to spend time in prayer, beloved. So we might receive the peace of God that guards our hearts and minds.
You need to remember that this is something God does. It's not something you and I can do. You and I can stress, you and I can worry, you and I can be anxious. We can look at our world and we can be in turmoil over what's happening and wondering where it's all going and, and stressing out and thinking that, you know, things are pretty terrible and they are. And you and I can spend all of our time tossing and turning and worrying. We can get ourselves ulcers and we can get ourselves high blood pressure and we can get ourselves all worked out of, bent out of shape over it all. Or we can simply turn to the Lord and say, Lord, it's your problem, not mine. I can't solve it, you can. Lord, I trust you. I trust you to know what's best. I trust you to know what's happening. I trust you to know where we're going. I trust you to know exactly what the consequence of what's happening around me is, is and that you have not lost control. I trust you, Lord. I place my confidence in you and I just want you to give me peace in the midst of the storm. And God's promised it to us. Garaki, in his commentary, said, Peace will patrol the hearts and minds of believers. The believer can enjoy emotional and mental stability, be rest in this divine protection. You know, it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I said, Trust the Lord. With all thy heart, lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Have you noticed there's a kind of constant theme through the word of God? Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Pray about everything. Pray, pray, trust, pray. Why? Because when you trust and I trust him, and you and I commit everything to him in prayer, he promises peace. And we know God keeps his promises. You and I can enjoy real peace, free from anxiety, free from worry, no matter how small the concern is or how great the concern is, you and I can enjoy a life free from worry, free from anxiety, if we simply trust God. There is no doubt that you and I face worries. There's no doubt that you and I can face anxiety. There's no doubt that as each day goes by, as we read the paper, as we listen to the news, as we watch the news, there's no doubt that we can find ourselves sitting down, worrying, I mean, anxious about everything. But God says, don't worry about things. Pray about everything. I'll give you peace. Gramacki went on to say this. He said, modern homes are often guarded by dogs, watchmen, alarm systems, floodlights, and electric gear, so that the occupants can un be undisturbed. In like manner, the peace of God can prevent anxiety from disturbing, disrupting the feelings and thoughts of Christians. That's the point of Philippians 4, 7. When you and I trust God, God puts up all the protective safeguards to protect our heart. It's like God has put a, a watchdog on our heart. He's given us an alarm system. He's given us floodlights. He's given us all the electronic technology that's needed to make sure that we're not disturbed by anything that would disrupt us. 
when you and I trust him, he will keep our hearts in peace. You're not going to remember that God's peace is greater than our understanding. You and I may not be able to comprehend this. You and I might look at our circumstances and think there's no way known that I should not worry about that. There's no way known that I should not be anxious about that. But God says, just commit it to me and I'll give you a peace that you won't be able to understand. So when people come to you and say, aren't you worried about that? Say, no. God's in charge. Doesn't that cause you concern? Yes, but I'm not worried. God's in charge. But haven't you read lately what's going on? Yep. Well, doesn't that really, really, really cause you to be anxious? No. God's in charge. When you and I learn to commit everything to the Lord in prayer, God has promised a peace that passes all understanding that will keep our hearts and minds. See, with our understanding, we see things that make us anxious. But when God's peace comes in, anxiety is overcome. God's peace will guard our hearts and minds against every anxiety and every worry. And notice it doesn't say any qualifications here. It says, be careful for nothing, that means everything. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So you can pray about absolutely everything. And when you do, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There is no qualifying statements here. Trust him, I'll give you peace. Paul is proposing is a supernatural peace. You see, when you and I got saved, you and I received the indwelling Holy Spirit. And one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, is peace. Now you love it when bits of Scripture come together and just make it, make it all make sense, okay? You see, God says, okay, trust me, Pray about everything. I'll give you a peace, my peace, that passes all understanding. And I can do that because you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. And one of the fruit aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. So God can give us peace because He's already there. The Spirit of God's within us. So what Paul is proposing is a supernatural peace. A peace which exists where the circumstances cannot be changed. He exists, the Spirit of God is in our hearts, and he can bring that peace that you and I cannot comprehend. When we trust him, his peace will defend us. And secondly, it will keep or defend us through Christ Jesus. That's what he says at the end of the verse. It shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We must have both our position in Christ, which is Romans 5.1. We're justified. Then we have peace with God. We must have our position in Christ, but we must also have our practice in Christ. 
In other words, if you and I are disobedient, if you and I are carnal, we cannot expect to have this inner peace. You and I must be abiding in him. We must be walking with him. Psalm 90 says that only those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High can claim the promise of his peace. You see, the two go together. You and I need to spend time with the Lord daily in prayer and in his word. And we need to be pouring out our hearts concerns to the Lord. And then we need to leave them there and get up and go about our daily business, allowing God to take care of the problems and allowing him to give us the peace because we're abiding in him. You see, it's our relationship to the Lord that makes the difference. When you and I spend all of our time worrying, when you and I spend our time being anxious about things, what we're doing is we're trying to take from God, wrestle from God, that which is his responsibility, and make it our responsibility. And God says, that's not your responsibility. You are not responsible to worry or be anxious about anything. Your responsibility as a believer is this to spend your time in prayer and commit yourself to abiding in Christ. And when you walk with me, when you abide in me, I will take care of the worries and the anxiety. Look in Colossians chapter 3, please. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Says this, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. We don't let God's peace rule in our hearts. We do that by abiding in Christ. We let God's peace rule in our hearts by following the challenge, the command of Philippians 4, 6. And when you and I follow the command of Philippians 4, 6, he will keep our hearts in peace. It's is our relationship with Jesus that gives us this peace. That's what the songwriter said, didn't he? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Do you think he read this passage before he wrote that hymn? I suspect he may well have done. We have a friend in Jesus. And you and I often forfeit the peace that God wants us to have. You and I often bear needless pain because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The Lord does not want us to be anxious. He doesn't want us to worry. He wants to have peace. There's an old Jewish fable told about a burdened old man along, who was walking along his difficult journey of life when he met an angel. The old man was bent under the enormous weight of a great sack across his shoulders. And the angel said, what have you got in there? The man replied, my worries. The angel said, empty them out and let me see. The old man lowered the sack and turned out the contents. Out first came yesterday and then came tomorrow. 
the angel picked up yesterday, threw it aside and said, you don't need to worry anymore because yesterday is in the hands of God and no amount of worry can change it. Then the angel picked up tomorrow, threw it aside and said, you don't need this either because tomorrow is in the hand of God and no amount of worrying can change it. The legend says that the old man smiled, stood straight up, breathed freedom for the first time in a long time, and went on his way. And the truth is, beloved, there are two days in every week that you and I don't need to worry about. We don't need to worry about yesterday, because we can't change it. And we don't need to worry about tomorrow, because it's in the hands of God and we can't change it. So there's two days in every week we don't even need to worry about. We don't need to think about what ifs or what was. We simply need to live for the Lord today. Trust him today. Someone has said, don't let your epitaph be hurried, worried, buried. You know, it's better to pray than worry. It's better to trust the Lord than to be anxious So let's just trust the Lord for he has promised to keep our hearts and minds in perfect peace when we trust him. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the book of Philippians. Pray, Father God, that you'd help us to remember that we're not to worry about anything, but we're to pray about everything. And when we do, that you will give to us your peace. A peace that will surpass all our understanding. That will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, help us not to worry about yesterday because we can't change it. Help us not to worry about tomorrow because we can't change it. Let us just trust you because you know what's best. Allow you to give us the peace that passeth all understanding. Commend your word to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name.